Hi, this is Cardi. And this is Ali. And welcome back to another episode of Creative Corporates. Today, we're going to do a deep dive into what we wish we knew going into uni. So this one's targeted specifically towards Year 12 students and current university students, potentially learning online as we're still in lockdown. So Ali, I thought I might start by trying to get a better picture of what university is in the big scheme of things. To me, yeah, so I think maybe some key things to think about uh, and contextualise is university in Australia is quite different to the American sort of college dream that I feel a lot of people grow up thinking about. So most universities you kind of attend, there's usually a preference to go to your closest or perhaps the most prestigious in your state. Not heaps of people move for university. It's not super common, but it's not uncommon. Um, and you're usually working and studying both at the same time. So in that context, it's really important. There's also um, more of a focus on selecting a degree for a lot of people and sticking with it. Um, I don't necessarily agree that that's the best way. I think if we look at different models, um, for example, the US, where you kind of build your degree as you kind of go out and then start majoring. But I guess that may be some of the reasons why there's quite a lot of pressure for young people when they're exiting from, you know, a quite turbulent two years of doing their HSC or equivalent. And then they have to go make a decision that's going to kind of move them into this next stage of life. We were really thinking, what could we share from our experiences and from people that we've spoken about, they've spoken to about their experience at university to understand what could be things they would have done really differently. I think that is a good point that obviously I think in Australia you've got to or at least we're all set up to feel as if we've got to have this one degree knowing exactly what we want to do for the rest of our lives. And I think as an 18-year-old, a lot of us actually don't know because we don't have life experience. And so we're very much guided by our parents going, oh, this is a really good area for you. You know, you like to argue. You're going to be a great lawyer. That was a common theme. For others, it might be something more along the lines of, you know, you're, you've got a really creative spark here. Um, we've noticed that, you know, you like, for example, interior design for that reason, could be graphic design. But a lot of the time that's led by parents pretty much choosing your profession for you. And so unless you've really got a really clear idea of your interests, it can be quite daunting to feel as if you've got to make your life decision. And I think a lot of people don't have that context where you change your careers, like we've said before, multiple times. And once you choose a uni, obviously that is a really important decision but the ease to be able to change degrees or transfer into another course is so easy and common that you've got the flexibility that you don't realize that you have. And that's why, for example, your ATAR is really just a starting point. I think emphasizing that bigger picture of getting experience would be really helpful for a lot of people to be able to then make a better decision um, as to what course they're really choosing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when we were talking about it before, you might not know what you want to do for the rest of your life, but kind of by sort of the end of your period, and if you decide you want to go on to tertiary education, there are some perhaps guidances that I think are helpful. So 
if you're kind of looking at this next stage of life and going, I don't really know what I want to do, you know, maybe I want to explore new things, try new things, then the way that you should approach university is, well, where can I get into a program where there's, you know, lots of flexibility, I can try new things, it might be a broad-based degree, Um, you might want to then, you know, pick up a, a language as part of that as well in that exploration, just kind of just get a bit more of a flavor about, well, I'm not sure where I want to go, but I want to kind of pick and choose and go somewhere that gives me that, that option. If though, for example, you're someone who, you know, really wants to do the bare minimum, you know, really sees university as simply a piece of paper that's mandatory for a lot of professions. Again, that notion is eroding, but kind of as it stands, it makes sense from that assumption then you really want to be focusing on where, where where can I go somewhere where I can basically tick the box. You know, it's got a flexible study load. It's got, you know, you can work and study from anywhere. Um, then that's really like a way to think about the university selection. And then the third category, which I think, you know, we can really unpack more is more around if you really see university as, a way to network, create new friendships, um, then you might want to consider somewhere where everyone is moving into that spot to be able to do that. Yeah, I hear you. So how do you then pick a university? I mean, I can I sense that's something that you think is really important. I honestly probably didn't feel that way. So I guess why do you think that that's important and how do you really make that decision? So I think it's a good question. So I think the problem that a lot of young people have, I don't know if this is the way I experienced it, they basically give you a handbook. They give you a whole bunch of flyers on like here's when the open days are, go forth. And you, particularly if you haven't really been exposed to your diversity life, you don't really know what's good and what's different. If you're getting the spiel from that place on their open day, of course they're going to say they're the best one. And so I feel as though because it is kind of a decision for like the next three to five years of your life, needing to do that research in the same way if you're looking at, you know, getting a job and you look at the company and what values it has, you know, you really want to know like what is that institution famous for because ultimately that's going to be the brand that you carry on as you move into those next phases of life. So in terms of the how, I would definitely go beyond the university days, which is something I didn't really do. For me, I ended up just choosing somewhere that, you know, had a good enough campus. I could drive there, which was really important to me. I did have to catch up with transport. Um, It was really leafy and green um, and kind of offered the range of subjects. I think I wanted to do modern history at the time. So I was like, yeah, that sounds good. Um, And But I think for other people, I would definitely consider then looking at what is that university's branding and where do they play strongly in the market? Are they really renowned for history? Are they really renowned for law? Are they really renowned renowned for science? Because then that's when you're going to get the better, the best quality of education in that field if that's the area you want to focus on. So when you're doing that research, how are you finding that information? Like, I just remember trying to do that as an 18-year-old that didn't know how to research. I obviously knew Google existed and was using it, but I wasn't honestly using it effectively. Yeah. And so 
I honestly just felt like I was guessing and going and really probably actually taking on the marketing material (laughs) more than anything. And so, you know, is it a case of, for example, looking at, you know, who's on the faculty? I think that can like play a part. I think it's more like there's heaps of university rankings if that's how you want to do it. They ranked on like quality of education, et cetera. I would look at mainly what are they known for and what value does it have in student life? Um, because that's probably more your immediate considerations for when you're 18. So, for example, ANU, which is a university that I think is probably the closest to college life in Australia where everyone's going there, everyone moves down there. It's really focused on building a community and, and living life and studying there. You know, that's something that isn't an immediate consideration when you're flicking through it might be more apparent when you're speaking to people at those open days or virtual open days to be like, why did you choose to go here? Why do you think this is beneficial for you in your career and what, and what field of study? And being quite proactive in that, there would be no shortage of materials or people who would be accessible, particularly as universities are trying to get people placed. But as we said, like it's not super difficult to change if you really feel like you've made the wrong decision. But I would say if you can at least just focus on making the decision of the institution that you want to go to based on what you think you need, it is easier to switch between the courses once you get there. So those are perhaps some preliminary things I would think about, but really center yourself on what is it that I need for this phase? Yeah. So when we talk about phases, every year when you're 18, 19, 20 and and even your early 20s, they're such huge developmental changes. And you really how you feel about certain things is, you know, quite great. And where I'm going with that is I think how you feel post-HSC, you know, even trying a course for even a semester really gives you a feel for whether you're into it or if you're not. And so even if it wasn't necessarily, it's not that it was the wrong decision, but I think when you, you change and evolve as a person, you need to feel that you can be allowed to transfer courses or transfer degrees at ease because you're noticing that you've got a change of mind. So don't feel like it's a waste of time if the first semester isn't going as well as planned. I just know that when I was thinking about uni at 18, I was completely so anxious about it, thinking you've got to make this final decision. You know, it's got to be mastered. I just want to get in and get out of there as soon as possible. I was like, three years? Can I do three years? No. You know, I just wanted to make it as short as possible. And obviously, you know, when you actually come out of it, say four or five years in, um, you know, you're what, 22, 23, and you go, actually, I'm really not ready to start working. Um, but you don't have that big picture view when you're 18. I actually, if I were to do that part again, is I would change my perspective on just trying to do something quick um, and hope that I'm going to get results really fast and that, you know, every single semester has to count towards my degree really having a little bit more flexibility in terms of, you know, doing a couple of different courses in different subject areas. You know, they 
can turn out to be, for example, electives. You can credit them across. There's all sorts of amazing things that you can do with these degrees so that it is valuable for your personal development. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah, I definitely feel like even my friends who kind of did three-year degrees, you, I don't know if there's so much benefit in just getting in and getting out unless you've already got something lined up because I think about people who I've started with, I started my grad program with and the people who were a little bit older, who'd taken their time, who had, you know, perhaps gone traveling or done a secondary degree, et cetera, there's a level of maturity that comes with that. And so don't rush that like you're in that phase of life. Likewise, if you decide I'm actually not mature already enough to take on this next stage after I've done like what, 12, 13 years of school, you know, that knowing yourself is also important um, because the difference from high school to university is no one's there to hold your hand as we've already spoken. You know, you're navigating this alone. You know, you're fully accountable for your own study schedule and meeting deadlines. Nobody's going to chase you up. And the amount of content you're piling through is so vast and so dense. Like the textbook you would have done in year 11 and 12 is for one subject in one semester. So it is a different way to engage that requires a different approach. Yeah. In terms of maturity, it kind of actually comes down to having more interactions with different people so that you're learning and building, you know, how to be intuitive about things, how to speak to other people that have different personalities um, or communication styles, to be able to gauge how to respond and work with people better. You know, if you want to gain more experience, it's not just about working in the field for so long. It's not just about studying and rereading the same textbook or just reading articles. Ultimately, the more times you see or come across certain situations, you're able to then respond in a better manner. And so I think I agree with you actually to some extent, the dipping in and the dipping out of university for what, three years, that isn't always, you know, a winner unless you're kind of trying to do a three-year bachelor's degree, I guess, going out to get some experience and then coming back in for your master's to specialise in something more specific. Because I'm pretty sure, for example, in the States, that's what they do say in law, you can't actually just go straight into law. You've got to do more of an arts-based major as your undergrad and only after that can you specialise. And so what that's really leading into is how important getting experience is as a young person to see the world. And so I think that leads on to my next question, Ali, for you, which is how would you have done it differently? I mean, do you think, are you happy with the way that you went about starting university or would you have done it differently at all hindsight is 2020 like and I think I tried to navigate it as best as I could and I ended up just making it work for me like I was really determined on just like making it work for me I think to your point the biggest takeout I have is university is still just teaching theory right it's still teaching you frameworks it's still teaching what other academics say it's not a replacement for real world experience but that being said It's also to say that like studying shouldn't get in the way of the real learning that you have during that time. To cut it to your point, it's also about 
how you engage with different people. You're meeting different people that have like mixed from different everywhere, about me coming from across the world, different cultures, etc. That is so valuable. It's a chance for you to, I think what I did well is I kind of dipped my toe into so many different things. You know, I took up cheerleading, which I loved. You know, I ended up you know, doing 180 degrees consulting, which I loved. I was director for events for a society. You know, I was involved in a whole bunch of stuff. And that to me really made me a more well-rounded individual. And then I was really focused on then doing internships as well during that time. And I felt like I needed that because I wasn't getting that solely from just learning about theory or the frameworks. So I'm hearing I'm hearing that you're well-rounded. Tell me, what was your approach then to university? Like what was your ultimate goal? My ultimate goal was to get a job. Okay. It was as simple as that. But I knew, particularly because I thought it's such a competitive market, that you couldn't just rest on your laurels and just focus on getting the education. You had to go and be like, how am I, what am I adding to my CV every semester beyond what I'm studying? And so I was always kind of working two or three jobs to kind of save for those Euro trips or trips somewhere else to make use of the great break time that we had, which was hugely advantageous because, again, that's giving you the space to have life experiences um, but also to work, right? My take was actually quite different. Mm, Okay. Um, And so there's a a few things that I would change from it in that. So my initial approach like I mentioned before, was get in and get out. Yeah. I just wanted to start specializing, working in the field as soon as possible. But what that also meant though, was pretty much like just showing up to classes and then disappearing and then working three days a week because I wanted to get some experience, you know, in the field that I wanted to work in to really, I guess, suss out if it's something that I was actually interested in. And if I like the lifestyle, is it something that I could see myself doing, you know, for the longer term? And obviously the answer to that was no, Um, but that was why it was really valuable. Um, But I think part of that meant that I found that during those breaks between semesters, I, my approach to that was, oh, let's get more work experience. And I actually didn't take any time off to just travel. I didn't do exchange. Yeah, I would say in the first two years, actively involved in, you know, social events and competitions, you know, that were made available through the school or the university, I should say, which was great so that you could meet people from different universities. But I think I what I didn't do was nurture more time or invest more time into taking advantage of every single opportunity there was just to meet new people to have a fresh face, even if it wasn't someone that I necessarily would have a long-term relationship with. It was just someone that could be a friendly face so that now that I can see in the years to come, just having a relationship or a mutual connection about something is super important. And that's what I would definitely see as being a really important thing to do. So sometimes just being seen at university, meeting new people, introducing yourself actively, um, but also not just in your faculty, but in other faculties, because you don't always end up doing what you think you're going to do. And 
even you'll find that people that are in different industries, you're going to need them at some point in time. So if you can have a network of people that have a whole range of different skills, you'll know where to reach out to because someone will already specialize in that area rather than being just quiet and kept in your own little bubble. Having that wide network is super, super valuable. And like I said, they don't have to be people that you're actively catching up with and close friends, but it's about even just that first degree connection. Yeah. You know, just saying, oh, I remember that time when, you know, we did an activity together. We were in the same class together and having a good positive, um, I think, experience with that person leads you to prompt a conversation, you know, down the line that we should catch up for coffee. It'd be really interesting to see what, you know, you're working on at the moment because you'll find that maybe there might be an opportunity where your interests align. Because like I said before, when you're 18, the person that you are at 22 and even post-university is really different and you're yet to experience that. Um, but that's why every single relationship is important. You don't have to think, oh, at 18, I'm looking for my best friend and only want to spend time with one person. No, you're absolutely going to get more value by just having a wider reach. Yeah, that's really good advice. And I think I took on that in terms of finding opportunities where I was sharing those experiences with other people. So going on exchange was a really great way to meet everyone because obviously, particularly Aussies, we're all over there not working for a change, living our best European life. Um, And so that was something that was absolutely valuable. And I met so many people from just like even around the world that I'm still in contact with. Um, And I'm able to see, you know, what's going on in their side of the world. And that's been amazing. I think on that networking perspective, then one way I would think about it is when you're looking to apply for programs, don't just look at a specific course, but is there co-op programs or specialist programs, for example, um, that really focus on having a smaller cohort of individuals move through the program. So you almost have a class that you kind of graduate with, similarly, that you can share that experience with and that the faculty runs specific programs for you to be able to network with alumni from that similar program. So, for example, UTS has the BIAC program. There's a whole bunch of co-op programs where it's basically they take that pressure of you trying to network out of it and you can just sit back and enjoy the ride. But one thing I would have definitely done differently if I had known, um, there was this great degree called the Bachelor of Creative Intelligence and Innovation slash law. And I feel like why programs like this, where you're encouraged to be project-based, work with different people to solve a real-world problem or a problem from an industry, because that's ultimately mirroring more of what real life is. That's a really clear mirror of what you pretty much do as a management consultant is when they're looking, for example, for grads, they're not looking for someone that's got a title of, you know, all lawyers or all engineers or there's no management consultant degree. They're looking for a type of people, a range of people that think in different ways so that when you come together in a team, you can problem solve by putting, having and providing different perspectives. And so you're right, actively being able to work with people that think differently is the real win. Absolutely. And I know it's hard because I remember everyone hates the group projects when you're at uni, right? So if there's a targeted way where you can get the best of people who 
are actively wanting to do the group projects, maybe that's a win. Um, the other things I would say in particular again and again is like use university as a final chance to really learn a language. I know you can learn a language anytime, but I just feel like it's such a great way to kind of get that rounding out, get that extra little bit because it just pays itself in spades going on because you just never know where you're going to use it. And again, you're meeting people who really want to do something outside their comfort zone, which again is that. And the last point I was going to make actually is don't think that your degree precludes you from applying for a role. So a big one, for example, is I have friends who, for example, studied history or studied um, international business. or what's another one? Like um, really arts-based degrees. And Why I think that more and more people are seeing the value of this in industries because basically you're able to take concepts and take ideas and look at information and construct a narrative or construct a perspective. And that kind of thinking is needed more and more when there's more uncertainty in business, one. Secondly, people spend so much time with you Like if you're more interesting because you know something else, like for goodness sake, I'm not going to discuss like macroeconomics over like the lunchroom, you know, but big history, I'd love to hear more about that. So actually see the value of that in terms of making you a more well-rounded individual. I think that's what it comes down to. It's about having a personality. So that's, you know, you, you might be a social person, whether you're an extrovert or introvert, that doesn't really matter. But what does matter though is being able to have conversations about ideas, what's going on in the world, sharing interests. And sometimes what sparks that is having mutual interests to do with ideas that you've had through experiences that could be overseas or through an internship. And they're all things that I did not understand. And I've only understood in hindsight. I always thought people that are traveling in their breaks are not taking the opportunity to work seriously enough. Like they're just relaxing, enjoying being young. Not that there's might add anything wrong with that, but I didn't see the big picture view, which is that that's how you gain experience in terms of learning how to, like I said, communicate better learning how to just be more intuitive to picking up people's mannerisms, communication styles, all sorts of things that people try and learn on the job. But if you can actually do that while you're traveling, also just getting used to different cultures, knowing different cultural, you know, mannerisms, that's really valuable. And you only can do that when you travel. Obviously at university, one of the cool things is not only do they offer exchange, but they've got, um, you know, business programs or industry oriented programs that you can study overseas, for example, as a subject or even for a couple of, you know, weeks, and then you can get credited for that. And I know a lot of friends that did that and took advantage of it and loved it because they went with this cohort from university, stayed on as friends afterwards. Um, And it was just awesome. So that's something that's also available to you if you're not interested in exchange or if you 
don't know if it's something that you want to jump into. But I'd absolutely say, you know, take advantage of going and considering whether exchange is valuable or whether you can just travel overseas to do, you know, an overseas internship or an overseas, you know, course that is credited towards something that you're doing in your degree. And then actually just traveling, traveling with friends, or you could even do it on your own if you were really brave enough. Um, But just to get more experience during you know, that period of time. What would you say that you got out of that, Ali? I think so much that we've really covered. I'm just listening to it and thinking, okay, this is all fine and dandy for like when we were able to leave the house or even like, my God, the country. But for those people who might be listening now and going like, you know, that's not on the horizon. I think some other points I would add is there's ways to do that while we're still within this current paradigm. So One of my friends, for example, she would do international mooting where you're still having these competitions, you're still able to engage and get something out of that. Um, You know, would she have rather done it in Paris? Yes. You know, but that's the way it kind of is right now. The other thing I think is I really wish I knew that it's okay to take a break from university. And for people who are like, I'm really not coping with it, and I could actually just benefit from like a hard reset, get some extra experience. Like for me, that would have been something I didn't consider as an option, but would 100% recommend it. And for people who I've seen that have done that, they end up coming back and they've got a renewed vigor. And that's what you want when you're approaching it. Like you can work without it and you can get the experience. And ultimately, like, you're getting the piece of paper at the end of the day people aren't going to question it you know but it's a better story to say you know I was able to do this on my own terms I did it I completed it and this is what I got out of it and it's part of your narrative so that's really important so how would you do a reset so I mean would you consider you know taking time off before you start uni or during uni as in deferring? Yeah, like I think if it works for you to defer or you just go like, you know what, like where I'm at, I actually could benefit from just working a little bit longer in the role I have. Maybe I just want to get more life experience and come back. Like, or I just am spending money on this degree that I'm not enjoying and I don't really see it. Why continue for the sake of? Now, I'm a firm believer that you need to complete a degree if that's what you see you need, but don't be pressured onto other people's timelines because, again, like you're young when you start in the workforce at like 23 and you're still young at 25, 26. You know, it's more about when you get there, what are you going to do and how you're going to add value and you can make up for that time. But that period between like 18 and 25, like it's often when those periods of your life that people really want to remember for the good stuff as well and so just be a bit kinder to yourself to say you've got to make this period work for you and take the steps that you need to do for you to get the most out of it yeah so going back to what you actually took out of university yeah obviously there was a lot of theory yeah and some would argue that it's not that practical because of the way that the degrees are structured. So say, you know, with medicine, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I'm aware that 
those degrees, they provide practical training as part of the degree. Whereas in a lot of other degrees, you kind of come out with a lot of theory and they go, good luck. Yeah. And so you kind of get stuck because you don't have actual sort of practical skills on how to use, I guess, what you could call standard software. What would you say is really beneficial in terms of basic practical skills or knowledge that you need um, that you don't learn at uni? You know, is that something that you could have learned whilst you're at uni? Would you have taken a gap year to learn those things? Or maybe there's nothing in there. Yeah, no, it's a good question. So I would say foundational is like learn Excel. You know, learn Excel, learn Excel. Can I say it three times? Is that loud? Um, it's something I need to learn like now. Learn analytics, learn how the internet works. Like you're on it all the time. You may as well understand how to make money off it. Like spend some time tre- testing different things. Maybe it's you're testing an algorithm or you're testing or you're prototyping. You know, these kinds of skills universities haven't caught up or aren't the right institutions to teach you. What uni does teach you is to cry a lot. I mean, what it does teach you is like it's almost like a finishing school for whatever you want to focus on. It's getting that professional writing in terms of a lot of law. I can't comment on medicine. I'm not a doctor. But giving you that those big, that extension of your thinking so that when you start on the next stuff, you're processing things a lot faster. Okay, so Hugh, but why is Excel and analytics important? Like if I'm there to get a degree to be a lawyer or a specific, just a specific profession, how is Excel relevant to law? Like I let, let's get real. I've entered law because I'm trying to escape numbers. Like why do I want to learn numbers? Because I think at a certain point, right, you – It's not just you being a lawyer. You start then as you rise to the ranks managing a business. You start dealing with finances. That's in so many different things. And you want to be able to feel comfortable to make sure you're understanding more of that business model. Now, why analytics? Because look at the internet and how it has had such a profound impact on business and how how we deal with things. It can only be beneficial. And, And ultimately, like even we're a testament to this, like, the average young person will have between five to nine careers. So you may as well be using this time to kind of build out your toolkit and you might want to pivot to different things. And I don't see anything, you know, wrong with, I I don't think I've ever met someone who's like, I wish I didn't learn Excel, you know, and these kind of skills, they're only going to become more important. And so, you know, whilst we might endure or might want to escape and we much prefer the words, I think it's more about using this time overall to round yourself out so that when you get to, you know, working full time, you're really, you're not seeing something as scary and unfamiliar because you've never engaged with it. It's saying, well, I've done this much. I've learned this much so far. I again feel comfortable learning new, new concepts. But the biggest reason is ultimately because after you get to a certain level, you're really about in that management position. So help yourself out now when you've got the time. So you're pretty much saying it's because as you pretty much get promoted and even as you get older and take on more adult-like responsibilities from a personal perspective, Mm. you know, moving out, all of those sorts of things, they require a better understanding of pretty much like running a business and running your life. So it's a combination of project management, personal finance. Exactly. Any of those just life 
admin type requirements, which everyone has to do, means that you need to have an understanding of really Excel as a base level, PowerPoint maybe if you want to learn how to present. And I guess for you, analytics is more just seeing where trends are, you know, if you're interested in business ideas. I mean, I initially have always thought, oh, anything that's technology oriented or anything in that space, I just never wanted to touch and thought if I can avoid it, I'll try. But what I, what's kind of catching up with me is that I've actually got to tune into the reality of where we're going and I can't escape technology. It's really where everything's headed with social media. I've actually just got to jump on board and learn how to use these products because it's just a part of the new living. Yeah, exactly right. And I think like you've got to feel comfortable, like all of what you're teaching yourself is being comfortable with the unknown. Five years down the track, there might be a whole new set of skills, but that's just the way business and the world is operating right now that if you really think like there's so many times, like I think law is like such a key example, I'm sure science, et cetera, as well. Like by the time you graduate, the things you started learning in year one are outdated. So like the notion of institutions like universities as well, you've really got to be like, well, what am I taking out of this? Because it sure as isn't the theory that was taught and it because that's not going to be relevant. It's really the transferable skills ultimately that you need to focus on. And then if you're in that mode, what else can you do to help yourself with that? Yeah, so what I'm hearing is there's a lot of things to do. So there's a combination of studying. There's also socializing. There's also attending, you know, social events and networking events or unions um, or social clubs, right? And then we've also got work experience and then travel. I'm going to be honest, that's quite a few things. How achievable is it really to be doing all of that. And how do you actually manage that? Something I saw recently was you can do it all, but one at a time. So really focus on, okay, this semester, my goal is to do X, Y, and Z. So I might join a society or join a project. And that's my objective alongside my working. You know, I might go, like I remember I had semesters where I'd be like, I'm not going to work. I'm just going to load my subjects. So I did five subjects overloaded and I was like I'm just going to focus on studying for this semester and just make that work for me and that's my goal and that's my focus you might have others where you go actually I've got this internship I've done during like the winter or summer period I actually want to continue it for a little bit more maybe I might not do as many subjects you know um it might be like I really want to join the ski club and like you know go on this ski trip with them so what do I need to do okay I need to save for the ski trip I need to make sure I get in early so that I'm able to connect with these people la 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 you know, so you've got the time that you shouldn't have to do everything every semester. Just focus on, well, what do I think is most important to help me kind of round it out? So by the time I've graduated, I've kind of ticked these things off my list. I really like that. I didn't do it that way. I, again, hindsight <laughs> is twenty twenty. Like if you saw Alex caffeinated in like this, the high school, I think in the library, like on the Saturday, like trying to manage everything. I mean, it's a different story. Just try to focus on like what do I need out this semester that I want to feel like I've achieved and then make that work around you because you've got like time is on your side um, so you have the breadth to, to focus on that. Okay, so let's recap. So 
What I'm hearing is pretty much pre-university, things that you would have considered was really a combination of which university, looking at the rankings, looking at the faculties and going, where's the best place for me to go if I want to specialize in that? Or what is the, so I would tailor that. So what is the universe, what is this university known for and how is that going to benefit me on what I want to ultimately try and achieve out of this time? Okay, awesome. Or the alternative would be if my objective is to get a university life experience, maybe then considering what the day-to-day life is at that university. Yeah. And so an example of that, ANU, where everyone's specifically out of home and they're in this one specific area to learn and to have fun, to socialize, etc. Yeah. So it's pretty much working out what your objectives are. And then the next thing is really looking at your course, thinking, well, this is something that I might be interested in now. Doesn't matter if I'm not interested in it later because I can transfer the course or transfer the degree or even move universities if need be. So, and then the next thing is even considering, well, are there specialized programs? Like, is there the BAC program? Maybe is there even a cadetship available? So a cadetship obviously is when you're working full-time and studying, you know, doing your night classes. And I'm pretty sure from memory that is something that you do pre-university. Yeah, you apply. And this is something I had no awareness of and it wasn't really an option because I hadn't considered it or I didn't know anyone who had done one. But basically you have to get a certain mark. It's usually in like the really top echelons. You do an interview and then you basically do a cadetship where the university, will, uh, the company will pay for parts of your education and you'll kind of work on and off. So you might do like three subjects or two subjects and then five subjects and then kind of in those periods work with work to work in those internship-like programs for that same company. Um, and that's really great because you get all this experience, you come out, cons from what I've heard is obviously you're working on the big end of town where the rest of your friends are out partying. But for some people that might be what they value most And so I would definitely check that out and particularly look at the application deadlines and what are required so that you don't miss out. I have an understanding that you can also still apply for some of them within your first year if if you are at that stage right now. Yeah, that sounds sounds spot on. Or the flip side, so say if you weren't looking at a cadetship, you could be looking at those specialised programs through universities. So say with UTS, it's got that BIAC program where you – pretty much work with another cohort, you're in a cohort um, of everyone doing exactly what it is of the industry, so in this case accounting, and they set you up with all these social events with your practical experience so you get your foot in your door um, with your first job, et cetera. And then on top of that, for university, you're also considering where it is that you want to go next with your career. And so that takes us then recapping on our during university. What we do is actually signing up to all of your social clubs. Like you said, it could be, but you take it. Stagger it. Stagger, stagger it. Yeah. You know, not not ski club, not everything all in one go, your university law club, blah, blah, blah. You know, take it in moments, attend all those social events, attend all the networking, but then also get some involvement in competitions. Get some involvement in 
trying to set yourself up if they've got internship opportunities that are credited in your course or degree that could be a win consider exchange and think about honestly just being a fresh friendly face to anyone that you can see at the university because you never know when they're going to be valuable in the future yeah absolutely and I think then rounding out in terms of considerations for you as an individual it's really think about like you need to make this experience work for you you need to make sure you're putting yourself in a space where you can thrive it is going to be hard like I don't think anyone goes like wow that was a breeze like it is difficult in in its own unique ways Um, So make sure it works for you and that you've got the support network around you to make sure you're able to focus on that. Make sure I say it's a really good time to start earning money if that is something that you feel like is valuable to you or you're able to do that. Um, And then use that as a bit of a buffer. You know, if you're not able to um, travel now, that you reward yourself when you can to be able to go like, yeah, I'm able to. I'm working really hard and then I reward myself. Um, Maybe one story to finish off that I see as my gold standard of someone who I think nailed university is my friend Jess. So um, Jess and I met at the university library. Um, I was meeting up with my cousin and she was meeting up with her friend and we were all doing a marketing course. And we became friends instantly, obviously. And um, she studied marketing. She took the approach of P's to get degrees. I'm in there. I'm in there for a reason. And that is largely to just get the piece of paper. She would work. She was the one who taught me real hustle. So working three jobs. It would be like two jobs to pay for her Euro trips, one job to pay, one job, which is her internship or a piece of experience. Then every break, she would be going on, you know, her Euro trips, doing all of that, making sure that she's becoming worldly as as it works for her, come back, rinse and repeat. Then she got a great job, boutique consulting firm, because she was able to show not just the piece of paper, but the thing that distinguished her was life experience, being able to talk to so many different people and being an interesting person. You know, now she's working, then she then worked with that company. They moved her over to the UK because, again, she was worldly. She was able to demonstrate that she could work with so many different people and then transition to, into a big foreigner manager role, you know. And so there was there's always, you know, preconceived notions around, you know, what matters the most. But I think what I like about that story is it's not one thing. It's actually going, well, if I'm focused on being well-rounded and again, you don't have to do everything all at once, pace yourself, make sure it works for you. But there's ultimately ways that you can do that so that you're building your narrative and your story that's going to carry you through the different careers that you have. I love that. Look, in saying that though, I take you, for example, as someone that has done really well for themselves and gotten, (laughs) but gotten to probably where, maybe where you didn't think that you were going to go, even though there are things that you would do in hindsight differently. My whole point there is there's no one right way to do university. There's no one right way. You're going and saying, oh, I love the way that my girlfriend did it. And that's how I would do it. Maybe if you had another chance, but the thing is the way that you obviously did it worked for you. Yeah. And to some extent, you know, the way that I did it for me worked for me. 
even though there are things that I would do differently. So even though we're giving advice and like I said, upon hindsight, there are things that we would change. Don't think that you've got to follow absolutely everything. These are just considerations that you want to be aware of so you can make a more informed decision. Absolutely. And so I think to round it out, the real question is then, would you do university? Would I remember that I've already done it? Like if I would do university again, I don't know if I would do it the same way. I think I would either have gone to a full campus, which is just focused on networking and socializing, um, or I would have just done a cadetship, you know. But you only get most of us, one shot. Um, would I do a postgrad or a master's anytime soon? No. <laughs> I definitely would like to pause from getting any kind of grades. I feel like that's good for like my mental health on like being evaluated so critically. <laughs> but I'm overall glad that the experience itself helped round me out. Um, but I think is that university or is that that period of your life that's super turbulent as you're trying to find your feet and navigate who you are? Let's say a bit of both, but the piece of paper is worth it, I think is the party line I meant to say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, so you think the piece of paper is worth it. Look, unfortunately, I do fall into that same category too. I think what I took from it is, honestly, me as an 18-year-old and me really as a 23-year-old, two totally different people. I think even though I'm not practicing per se, the skills that I learned from it in terms of honestly, like how to research, how to communicate better, how to be not fully logical, but a little bit more logical, just how to approach tasks. It's the soft skills that I learned at uni, even in terms of, to be quite honest, project management and scheduling, attempting to work in a team, all of those things. You need examples of those playing out, you don't always get that in practice. I mean, you do get it in practice, but if you can do that beforehand so that you can test the waters so that you're better placed when you're put into the real life environment where it actually matters, where you're making decisions that impact other people's lives, that's what it's going to be super valuable. So I would absolutely, I would do it again, but I would do it differently with the information that and and the understanding that I now have. Well, I think that rounds us up. Look, you've been listening to Creative Corporate's podcast and thank you so much for joining us. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And if you haven't already, you can actually go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate and review this podcast with the five stars that you've been dying to give us. So join us for another week next week at Creative Corporates for an awesome conversation. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Sarah.